You are listening to the Therefore a Geek Podcast, episode 64. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Therefore a Geek. I'm Andrew. I'm Tracy. Dude's I'm drinking. drinking water. Damn it. Yes. <laughs> I'm thirsty. Every time you're going to put a glass to your mouth, I'm just going to I'm going to engage you in conversation. I don't know how <laughs> every time, though. He's going to throw I, it to dude. Either you're going to be dehydrated or I, I don't know. Or, or they're <laughs> just going to be there's going to be long. There's going to be long pauses. What's going to happen? <laughs> it's not going to be nearly as funny as I hope. I remember somebody asked me a question once. I think this was back in college. I took a big bite out of like a cheeseburger and I'm chewing it for a good 30 seconds. And I knew I was chewing really long. So right when I had finally finished the bite, I go, I'm sorry, can you repeat yourself? And as he's repeating himself, I take another big giant bite <laughs> out, of, out of the burger and just make him wait. <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah, so, so, so t- today's uh, topic... Is, is kind of not a specific topic. We're just kind of going to go around different uh, news articles and, and topics that have come up over the last week or so. Topics. Dude is our curator today. Oh, okay. He's curated these articles for us. I did preparation. I have been at work. And lot. I have been packing stuff. Yes, no. <laughs> so, so Dude has actually put an effort and the rest of us have been slack asses is what's happened. <laughs> my, my this girl. is a really weird juxtaposition here. Yeah. Girl's, <laughs> girl's mom is in town, so I'm just doing what I can to stay out of their way. Just the other night, I was home, and I was like, do you, do you need me to, to, to stay to, tonight, like, or can I leave? And she was like, no, we don't need you here tonight. And I just drove an hour north to play board games with a friend. Nice. I didn't want to come near it, so. Yeah, all right, so the first thing that uh, popped up uh, over the last week was the premiere of the Assassin's Creed trailer. We've talked about this in the... Uh, upcoming movies of 2016 podcast and I was really a funny coincidence that I had been speaking about this with a friend the night before uh, and the night before the trailer drops and it does and um, what I you know reactions are mixed so far some people think it looks really cool I think it looks what cool. I think this is a cool creative team it's the same team that brought us Macbeth from last year the the visual adaptation of Macbeth or the cinematic adaptation of Macbeth it's Michael, starring Michael Fassbender. Uh, I think her name is Marriott Cotillard, and directed by Justin Kurtzel, same team that did Macbeth. And I, what I think more interesting about this is a few, a little while ago, there was a an article on Hollywood Reporter about 20th Century Fox backing out of San Diego Comic Con's Hall H. Yep. And and I think that's. I think this is kind of more relevant. I mean, the two of them are relevant. You get your reaction on the trailer. But what was really interesting is that 20th Century Fox has backed out. And basically, it's all from from pi- fears of piracy leaks. And, and basically, what happened with Suicide Squad last year, a par- article, uh, paragraph from the article, uh, Fox was not the only studio to have the content with leaks from Hall H footage. Warner Brothers ended up officially releasing a sizzle reel for Suicide Squad earlier after it leaked online with director David 
Ayer addressing the matter on Twitter, calling it unfair to fans who waited online. So I guess I'll throw it out to the panel. Did you see the trailer? What do you think? And what do you think of 20th Century Fox now pulling out of Hall H? Because that means we're not going to see Assassin's Creed stuff at Comic-Con this year. So I did see it. And as you know, and kind of introduce you, I'm a huge fan of the, the game series. Mm-hmm. Huge fan. I'm going to put crazy amounts of hours into those games. I'm a couple of games behind just because I haven't been playing video games much at all lately. Uh, yeah, I thought the trailer was okay. I wasn't like amazed by it, but it definitely has the look and feel of the game. You know, and it's one of those things with video game movies, I'm never sure if that's a good thing or a bad thing. It's tough to say. You know, really, there have been almost no really good video game movies. I mean, there have been some real, real, real awful ones. Yeah. And there have been some that have Actually, been, that have been passable. I think Dude wrote a blog article about this, and I'll link it into the show notes, obviously, um, discussing this exact thing, or at least touching on it. Um, I actually did watch the trailer, but I watched it on silent because I was at work, and my monitor was turned away from my coworkers. Um, I mean, so, it, it looks good, but I just, you yeah. know, it's a, it's a trailer. Right. It's, it's difficult to, to ascertain the first trailer. Like I said, I'm kind of basing my optimism on the experience I had with Macbeth and that creative team, and it was... It was good. It was really good, that particular movie. This one, I don't know. And you're right. I I do remember the article. And that was really like, movies they should, video games should be made into movies even if they messed it up. Like Dune, or Doom, they messed up. And I would like to give it another try. You know, Bioshock was one of them. But the problem is, they're all generally really bad. I don't think they've figured out how to do it yet. They don't have a formula. Yeah, it's really weird because... When you, when you want to adapt a, a game, audiences, I think, let stuff slide in a game that they wouldn't slot, let slide in a movie. Because there's just choices you make and plot holes and motivations that you just do in a game because you're just playing it. Right. Not right. watching it. And then when, when they want to adapt it into a film, they got to add subtext and motivation and all this other stuff. Max Payne is a great example of a game that got gutted when it was turned into a film. You know, a game where you do nothing but shoot people, and I think the body count in Max Payne is if you beat it, you have to have killed over 600 people, uh, or 600, you know, animated bots. But it took an hour to get the first gunshot in that movie. So... It, it's it's a real it's a real touchy subject. You know, and it's one of those anytime I anytime I think of like a video game movie, all I can think of is Super Mario Brothers, Ugh. and the interview with Bob Hoskins, with uh from the Guardian, and I can like we'll link that in the show notes. But but three questions Bob Hoskins was asked: What's the worst job you've ever done? Super Mario Brothers. What's the what's been your biggest disappointment? Super Mario Brothers. <laughs> if you could edit your past, what would you change? I wouldn't do Super Mario Brothers. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's like. I mean, aside from the broken record part, it's like, oh, God, just video game movie. And I mean, you know, I don't know if, well, okay, Tracy doesn't count on this one, but you and I, I mean, we grew up on, on video games and it's like Super Mario Brothers. Like, sure. like we have a, a close affinity to that. But, I mean, that was such a god-awful movie. I also believe Hosk- uh, um, Bob Hoskins is on record as being blitzed out of his gourd to actually finish filming that. Uh, probably. 
certainly I've seen that somewhere where he was drunk most of the time he filmed that. The thing about the movies are they just tend to violate what was fun about the game. Yeah. So, like, that was the problem with Max Payne, and that was the problem with a bunch of the other ones. Only a handful of them get away with being kind of fun. Like, Mortal Kombat wasn't a good movie. It was still kind of fun. The first Hitman movie did okay, from what I understand, from what I remember. I don't remember. I know the last Hitman movie did not. I didn't see it because I hate Timothy Oliphant. (laughs) There's something about him that just makes me want to punch him in the face. So, like I I didn't see it, but... I know a number I'm of people. I'm clipping who, that little piece and then I'm going said, to tweet it at him. <laughs> I know a number of people who who have who have said it was a it was okay. Okay, I didn't see either. So, I mean that that basically it. It's just so Assassin's Creed out or, or coming to us, not going to be shown well, at Comic Con. Yeah, as that, far as not being shown at Comic Con, I, I. Well, Andrew, you take this one first, and then I'll I'll bounce off. I mean. Part of me has to say, like that they have to know that's going to be a thing. Mm-hmm. Like, like when they show that footage, like, yeah, a select group of people are going to get to see it first. But they they have to know it's going to get out. And, and part of me has to say that's part of their plan. Mm-hmm. You know, it generates that 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 grassroots level internet kind of buzz. And I just pulling out a whole H for that. Just I, I don't know. It, it seems like a an overreaction. Right, and and. Well, so to continue the, the, the article, just real quick, um, when a Hollywood Reporter was talking about the leaks from last year, studio exec explained, I'm quoting directly from the article, one studio executive explained that such leaks only increased existing feeling of anxiety about sharing footage before a movie was locked. Quote, you have to pry the footage out of their hands. People are now going to be even more hesitant about showing anything but finished trailers. End quote. So what, so, what say, so what you're telling me is directors are temperamental bitches. Well, we all knew that. That's I, not. I, yeah, I mean, yeah. Okay, fine, sure. The director doesn't want people to see it until it's done. Yeah. And. Well, and here's my thing. And a lot of the articles that I read about this particular event is that um, stated that the concern, and and I think this has also been bounced around by the fans as well, especially people that really understand a little bit more about the behind the scenes. Um, creation of movies that these studios are worried about releasing a trailer that's not quite finished. The idea of Hall H is that you're seeing teasers that aren't quite done, um, and but and then bootlegs make them even poorer quality, and then they're on the internet and everyone's sort of ripping them to pieces in internet forums and and message boards and so forth. I don't think that's a problem. The big, <laughs> I'm a fan. Most of the time, I'm bitching about stuff that I love. Uh, Andrew, one of the very first articles you wrote on the blog was about how fans just complain about all of the shit that they really love. That's what we do. We rip things apart, and then we're pleasantly surprised or poorly surprised when the whole movie comes out. And you just want to generate the conversation, because it's the conversation that's going to get people in the doors of the theater. Yeah, and that was one of my coworkers, like, you know, bitching fanboy is a happy fanboy. You know, bitching sailors a happy sailor and then I reminded him that I went to, to a maritime school and he said no wonder you bitch so much mm-hmm. <laughs> you're both that's one of the reasons why I really like I know I know she's much maligned but her name is Anita Sarkeesian and I watch a lot of her videos I don't agree with most anything she says but I just admire the fact that she just complains about everything 
this woman hasn't <laughs> found a topic she can't tear apart. And I kind of respect her for at least that part. Is she's always bitching about shit. <laughs> She you, just hates everything. And you, I find, only, I, you only wish you were that good is what you're telling me. What I'm saying is like, I find her as a kindred spirit in that respect. Is just You're just bitching. <laughs> oh, and it's just fun to bitch about her stuff. <laughs> you know, it's, it's a cycle of bitchery. Oh, my God. This is why we love you, dude. So, okay, I think, I think we've said as much as we can about that one. I, I kind of agree with Andrew that they know this has to happen. And I just think the executives just don't like it because they, they get this kind of unfair kick from the fans about, uh, oh, this looked terrible, this looked bad. They, I guess they're trying to avoid negative press before they came out. I, I think the final word on it is just if the studios are that butthurt about them being on the Internet with everyone with a phone now with a, with a camera that, you know, you can stream it as they're showing it in Hall H and by the, the second it ends, it's online. Just don't show the footage anymore. Well, for crying out loud, people are sneaking on set and taking terrible potato quality pictures of, you know, characters in costume and then discussing whether or not the boots are correct. That's what, that's life in this current age. I mean, I'm sorry. Right, they should do what I did and just sneak on the set of The Departed and be in the movie and shut up. (laughs) Do we have a clip of you on The Departed? I'll see if I can, I'll see what we can do. There's definitely okay. photos of me on the Departed. Yes, I'm over Matt Damon's shoulder. I'm definitely there. No, we 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 wait, let's see. We'll see if we, we'll see what we can do about that. It may not be for this episode. We'll we'll definitely put that out there though. Yeah, that sounds fun. We'll throw it up on YouTube. A small a small uh, other article uh, came up on Deadline.com, and it is about Steven Spielberg back at Cannes with the movie magic of his upcoming film, uh, the BFG, which is a remake of a Disney animated film. And Spielberg Big had friendly been, giant, right? Big friendly giant. Is that yes. what it stands for? Yeah. Yes. And um, the reason why this is kind of making news is is, is not just because it's he hasn't been to he hasn't been to Cannes in a while, but this has been a project uh, in the works since 1993. Wow. And, and he's now got it done. And he had been for uh, years been doing a lot of fact-based stuff. Um, Bridge of Spies, Munich, Lincoln. Um, Saving Private Ryan, a lot of Schindler's List, Schindler's List, a lot of grounded in reality, a lot of historical dramas. Yes, and now he's back to um, doing the kind of movie magic that you know puts Spielberg on the map, reuniting him with E.T. the extraterrestrial screenwriter Melissa uh, Matheson to bring this tale of a friendly giant and a young girl he teaches about life in giant country. To quote the article from Deadline. Um, this is just a quick reaction. I mean, what is your reaction about this? Spielberg coming? Is this Spielberg making a comeback? I didn't like Bridge of Spies at all. I really didn't. Um, I know people have disagreed with me on this one. Uh, it's shocking. But what is what is your first impressions of Spielberg coming back to summer blockbusters? You know, I, I can't remember the last Spielberg movie I've actually seen, to be perfectly honest with you. Mm. I, I, I mean, there are a couple of ones. Like, so I, I wanted to see Lincoln. There's, there's a couple of others, but like... In general, I can't think of the last Spielberg movie I saw. I, I think my only concern about this one is if it's been something he's been working on since 1993. You know, those projects that have been in what amounts to developmental purgatory mm. for you know a good for a couple of decades. I'm always hesitant about those just because they, they yeah. There's a they reason tend... they've been shelved. Oh, let me let me clear that up. I'm sorry. I, I probably misspoke. So the the. BFG has been optioned since 1993. Um, Spielberg only came on recently when the screenwriter from E.T. was brought on. 
So so it has been in development until oh. Hill, but I don't think it's been Spielberg's baby for the last 23 years. Okay. Uh, let me just put a finer point on that. Ah, I mean that makes me a little more a little more a little less hesitant about that. I mean, Spielberg, you know, did a lot of great stuff to Jurassic Park, and mm-hmm. I don't have I don't have particularly fond memories of ET, but I know most people do. Yeah, I don't either. And it's oddly you mentioned that I was at uh, like one of those outdoor block parties in our neighborhood, and they were showing ET. And then the girl was asking me if I want to watch it, and I said no. Yeah, it's one of those. I probably haven't seen it in fifteen. 18 years, so I, I should probably go back and watch it again, because I probably, in part, I probably just don't remember things very well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I but, mean, I well, I didn't grow up with it, obviously, and I never saw the Big Friendly Giant, the original one. No, so, neither did I. Eh? I did see, what, didn't Spielberg direct Timeline? I know that's not a, a well-loved movie. I liked it a lot, but I watched it when I was, like, 16, and I was overwhelmed. It was great. Um... Timeline was a Michael Crichton. It's no. based on a Michael Crichton. No, it's no, no. It is a Michael Crichton film. Um, oh no, I, no, no, no! No, I don't that was Richard so. Donner. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, well yeah. then, never mind. I don't. I can't think of a Spielberg movie that I have super close uh, ties with or feelings for. So there's meh? a couple handful. I mean, there's a couple, uh, a few of them that I really did love. Jaws is still one of my favorite movies. Yeah, that's good. Probably one of the best horror movies ever made, in my opinion. Uh, Jurassic Park is fantastic. Schindler's List is fantastic. Um, I have a soft spot in my heart for Empire of the Sun, and even 1942 for the kind of fun mess that it was. Uh, lately, though, he just hasn't delivered a film that I've really enjoyed. The last Spielberg film that I liked was Minority Report. Um, I was disappointed in War of the Worlds, disappointed in Bridge of Spies, disappointed. Lincoln was okay, so... I'm kind of amped that this is going to be a Spielberg film I'm going to like. I just want that. Because I know he can make such great stuff. He's got 56 directing credits to his name. Because wow. he's, a, he's a boss. He's, yeah, he's a fucking... He's a beast. Beast. Wow. Yeah, Minority Part was alright. I was a real big fan of Saving Private Ryan. Yeah. I Yeah, I know. I mean, it's a good one. I just... I'm still I liked everything part. but Josh Hartnett. Well, yeah, I... I and of the course, I'm, I'm a massive Indiana Jones fan, so. Yeah, true. true. Oh, right, that's right. That is, he did do those. Okay. All right, well. Crystal Skull, which is terrible. I don't know what movie you're talking about. Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, <laughs> Indiana Jones nope, movie? Nope, not oh, ringing a bell. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. Moving on. Um, so, here's a, this dovetails into the last podcast I did with Becky. We talked about Black Widow, and, and somehow the, I decided to careen the conversation into girl punching for some reason. Um, yeah, but you, you went off on like a five-minute tangent there. I did. It was strange, but I felt good. It felt good. Um, but Becky brought up... Uh, and I, brought up <laughs> That's, you, I feel like you say that particular phrase a lot. It was strange, <laughs> but it felt good. <laughs> I'm so mad how right Tracy is right now. Um, so... Hashtag Tracy got one right. Uh, so this is an, an interview from Deadline with um, one of the, I guess, head honchos at Marvel. I don't know this guy. Kevin. Kevin, I think it's Kevin Feige, I think is what it is. Feige is the name? Okay, thank he, you for he's, the help. He's basically the guy running Marvel Studios. Okay, thank you. Um, he was asked, gosh, stop saying um. Deadline asked him a question. You've got a quote. You've got a bunch of characters in this movie from Falcon and War Machine to talk about uh, Civil War, and Black Widow and Hawkeye. 
who have so far uh, guest starred in movies with another character's title above the fold. Uh, this is, uh, is there one destined to get a solo movie down the line? And the gentlemen respond, we've announced the next nine movies, 10 including Civil War, through the end of 2019. Where we go beyond that are ongoing discussions that we'll focus on in the next few years because we've got a lot to do before then. And, and they do. If you see that graphic of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I mean, nine, nine movies in three years is a ton of movies. Yeah. More to the point, he continues... Of the characters you've just mentioned, I would say certainly the one creatively and emotionally that we are the most committed to doing is Black Widow. Uh, so this is kind of the, the thing fans of Black Widow have been looking for is where's the Black Widow solo movie? I, I, I think we're due for one. I just, we, I got to do more research on this because I don't know if Scarlet was ever under contract for a solo Black Widow movie. I don't think she is. However, I would be totally on board for a Black Widow movie that was essentially like what the last Captain America movie was. With it, It's also a team movie. Because, honestly, there is nothing I would dislike more than too many more Black Widow action sequences. Because they are terrible. So you want it to look more like Winter Soldier or more like Civil War? More like... More like anything that doesn't involve a ton of Black Widow action sequences, because you can tell that they have to speed her up. She's awful. I can't stand Scar Scarlett Johansson. Spoiler alert, I really do not like Scarlett Johansson, and I never have. So, eh. Yeah. I do like, I, I like the idea of a Black Widow movie, but I want it to, to still be a bit of an Avengers team movie. I see. I see. I think. I think they should go the other way. If they're going to do it, then then go ahead and give her her own. I mean, the other, you know, the other characters have gotten their own solos, especially to start. You know, Iron Man, Captain America, Thor, Hulk, like they've gotten theirs. You know, I don't. I don't see any reason why. You know, her solo foray should be more of a team involvement. I'm. I'm well, inclined to agree with Andrew just real quick just because I'm afraid that if if they make a big Black Widow movie with a large cast that it's gonna not feel like a solo Black Widow movie it's just she's gonna get outshined I what I mean if, Andrew what of her what is her backstory because I really don't know Black Widow's backstory very well I mean it's fairly stereotypical Russian super spy okay I mean there is probably more to it than that I'm not mm -hmm. hugely knowledgeable about Black Widow. I'm just going to YouTube her. Well, I'm sure Watch Mojo or Comics Explained has got something on I'm her. sure. Um, if it were Actually, Scarlet I'm, Witch, though, Journey I would to, be Journey totally into, down Journey into Misery oh. may have one, too. Mm. Have you ever, I don't know if you're familiar with that one. I'm not. It's a Scottish dude who tries to explain comic book, various <laughs> comic book um, continuity issues to his girlfriend. <laughs> like she, I mean, she's, a willing, she's a willing participant. But it's 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 amusing. He, he like the first like four episodes are him trying to explain the various flashes. Oh my god! Yeah, and, like he just goes balls deep to start. It's, oh, you never want to just start balls deep. You have to ease into it. That's a rule. God I'm... knows. Yes. Thank you, dude. Yeah. So hashtag dudes right. Um, <laughs> we're all coming and, together in this and, episode. And and you know better than to admit that. <laughs> I admit it. I admit it out loud. Like other people aren't allowed to, but I just say it for my own. Yeah, my whether own. or not it, whether whether or not it's accurate, just constantly no. saying it. Yeah, I, 
So if they did a Black Widow solo film and they did it a la Mission Impossible, Bond, or the last year's Man from Uncle, which I think I was the only, I was one of four people on the planet that liked that movie. Are you I kidding think... me? I love that movie. Oh, good. So yeah, you and I are one of the four. Okay. So that's it. There we go. We're so there's two other people. We've got to find them. Yeah, 50% of the fans of Man from Uncle last year. I, I really dug it. I think it'd be really cool, and I would like to see a Marvel film that doesn't have something gigantic falling down from the sky, and it's maybe just a <laughs> low-budget, a low-key, no. low-budget Marvel movie that just focuses on, you know, the super spy Marvel world. You know, yeah. something like Ant-Man almost was, or something more along the lines of uh, Deadpool, even though it was a different studio. Well, uh, I was actually thinking somewhere between one of the actual Marvel films and the Netflix series. Because the Netflix, the Netflix series are very are very grounded. You know, so they don't have that shit falling out of the sky like dude doesn't isn't isn't wanting. But I think <laughs> no, but I think I think you need something a little bit more a little bigger budget, a little more action, a little less, you know, fifteen block radius in New York City kind of deal. Sure. I mean, yeah, a globe-trotting Black Widow, maybe a story, you know, before she became a good guy or that transition she had. Or just her and Clint hanging out and doing stuff. Because, I mean, Ooh. they've got a special... Clint, Hawkeye. Uh, Hawkeye. Um, they've got a special relationship. I just... And again, it just really goes back to I don't like the casting, so... Uh, I love her. I think she's great. Wow, Andrew. <laughs> Way to do a visual on a podcast. Nice. Oh, I wish I... I um... <laughs> Special relationship. Special relationship. Yeah, okay, good. That dovetails into the next uh, part of this. I want to bring it up. Man, so we are transitioning like bosses today. Whoa, we are pros. <laughs> also, way less talking over each other. We're so good. So, there are a couple of reactions to Civil War that we're not going to delve too deeply into. Um, however, there was, uh, during one of the articles from Vanity Fair, and I'll let you guys take a look at it yourselves, one of the paragraphs refers to the romantic aspect of the Marvel Universe. And we were just talking about Scarlett Johansson uh, in the article. Uh, the author, quote, writes, Scarlett Johansson's hugely popular character is the most fun when she... Uh, is the most fun when she... Damn it, how the... Just edit this part out, because I don't even know if she... Scarlett Johansson's hugely popular character is the most fun... When she nowhere near romance, but that's how she wrote that. That's, how <laughs> she, that's on Vanity Fair, right now. Are, All right, you, so the are point, you missing a word? I don't think so. Yes. In fact, Scarlett Johansson's hugely popular character is the most fun when she nowhere near romance. She is nowhere near she romance. She missed is. There's no is in this sentence. God damn it! Vanity Fair, look it up. Captain America, Civil War, Steve Rogers. If you have uh, questions, Bill Clinton oh. can explain. Yeah, the one that was the story. The article is. Oh my god, just just edit this part because this is just tragic. Uh, <laughs> yeah. The article just, is just skip that part and just go where she's palling around with the guys. Yeah. So this is the article. Um, is this the one flaw in an otherwise great Captain America Civil War movie? That's the article for Vanity Fair. The basic article, the basic point of that paragraph that I want to bring up was Scarlett Johansson's character is the most fun when romance is nowhere near her, and. I was curious of what your opinion on, on that is, because do we want our superheroes just to be kind of asexual robot butt kickers? Well, there was, there was an addendum, so it's not just that there's no 
romance near Black Widow, but she's also palling around with a guy. She's just one of the guys with Captain America and Hawkeye. Um, so that's what makes her fun, that she's, she's just joking around with these guys and there's no sexual tension. And I would argue, as a woman, that there is always sexual tension. If you're a good-looking girl and you're hanging around with a bunch of good-looking guys, you may not actively want to have sex with them, but sexual tension underlies every single interaction. So I would say that this particular paragraph is a little short-sighted on that front. And I have other feelings as well, but I'm going to throw it over to Andrew first. Well, and I was just going to say, looking at it, you know, we're talking about do we want our comic book heroes just to be fighting, doing super heroic stuff, or, do, you know, do we want the romantic part in there as well? I, I kind of got to point back to X-Men back in the, the 70s and 80s. But, I mean, X-Men was basically a, a cartoon soap opera. Right? It, was, it was a comic book version of a soap opera with superpowers. Ro- romance and everything. And, and that, that was part of its appeal. And I think that, I mean, you know, X-Men was the number one selling book for Marvel for like two decades. Hmm. So I don't, I don't think you can... You can fully pull that out of the movie no do i think do i think they need they need does every movie have to have some kind of romantic subplot no because it, then it's going to be forced yeah i i'm actually i agree with both of you on this one tracy brings up a really good point when you've got someone as good looking as scarlett johansson or elizabeth olsen or natalie portman or whoever else they're gonna throw in there yeah there's gonna be it's 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 hot people hot people do it with each other that's what they do because they're hot so i mean to me What's bad is what you just brought up, forced romance. You're absolutely right. If the, if the romance doesn't have, you know, chemistry or there's no sparks or doesn't feel natural, it's going to be awkward. But let's look at the world these people are in. These are super – just think of, of, of Olympic athletes. When they're done with their, with their uh, event, like the stories about the condoms that are left on the roofs of these buildings in the Olympic villages are grotesque. Oh, right? yeah. Because they are just hot people – at the peak of peak physical condition, and in this case, they're basically soldiers. Of course, they're going to do it. Of course, there's going to be tension. I mean, the the part that I really liked from Age of Ultron uh, last year was the interaction between Scarlett Johansson and Mark Ruffalo. I actually thought that was that was some oh, really? serious. That I did. was I really that was, good. Yeah, I thought so. I thought that was really good. A lot of people don't think that though. So I know I, they don't. You guys well, are no, different. They, got, they also got pissed off about some of the things. Kind of outside well, of that, that conver- was, conversation, yeah. I think. But I think that Hawkeye a- and his wife—that was one of some of the sweetest, like for me, the truest moments in that whole movie was just this woman who is not a superhero. Mm-hmm. Um, she's pregnant. She loves her husband. She's very supportive of what he's doing, and just basically says, "You know, go do a thing, and yeah, I'll be here when you get back." Loved it. I thought, yeah, both of those I thought were good. I I just thought that was one of those moments. Going back to. Uh, Black Widow and Bruce Banner were like the the veil dropped between both of them and they were kind of very honest and, and Black Widow's not the butt kicking just the butt kicking robot. She's a woman who feels things and she doesn't want to do this forever. It almost looked like she wanted what Hawkeye has and she, she can't really and the, the closest thing she's got is is Bruce Banner. And I, I thought that was really something. Uh more to the expand on this, a comic book series that touched on this sort of in a very, in a rather, I guess, gratuitous way or, or grotesque way, was uh, Garth Ennis's *The Boys*, where really he throws down the veil of 
of kind of the superhero asexuality and you get to see kind of the he goes into the per perverse that was the word i was looking for the perverse world of superhero stuff so yeah i think i think romance makes sense if it's done right nice well i do i do want to kind of give one other thought about this and that is that if you completely ignore the romantic side of life including life with superheroes you're asking these characters to be two-dimensional the one and only thing that they do well is to kick ass right that's it that's all they do yeah even james bond got laid damn come on yeah well and i would say james bond just straight up gets laid whereas these guys actually pursue romance quote-unquote i mean they're really looking for some sort of happiness that's more than you know 20 minutes afterward and and to be honest i was super excited about captain america's kiss i i was like finally i mean you can ask kurt i was pumping my fist and jumping up and down in my seat like i'd been waiting for that for a while so yeah as far as i'm concerned you want a three-dimensional character and that includes all aspects of life and unfortunately or fortunately depending on what side you are on romance is part of that yeah all right, so moving on from that, I mean, I'm kind of spent on the topics I've got. Uh, if you want to jump in on that, or we can just change the subject. I got a, a nice board game session in over the weekend, and we can chat about that. Well, I think the one thing we want to mention here beforehand is, uh, obviously, unfortunately, this week, uh, we got the, the untimely news of the passing of Darwin Cook. Good. Go right Who is, uh, and, and I've heard this from multiple people, and, and, I'm, and I'm, I tend to agree he is probably the best person at visual storytelling in terms of the, in the comic book medium, actually telling a story just through his images. Uh, he's done a lot of good stuff. Actually, not, a lot of it, you know, superheroes uh, do this uh, series. You probably want to, you, you would probably worth, be worth looking into called Parker, which is all mm -hmm. uh, crime. Oh yeah. Like, like heists and stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I think you'd, I think you'd really enjoy that. Uh, he did uh, DC's New Frontier. He did runs on Catwoman. Did runs on. He did part of Before Watchmen. He did the uh, Minutemen series, which is really good. It was uh, one one of the two redeemable uh, portions of Before Watchmen because parts of that were fuck awful. But you know, it's it's just kind of unfortunate. You know, we we got an announcement about two weeks ago that he was undergoing um, uh, treatment for aggressive cancer. Basically, it was you know, I'm, I'm blanking on the word here, but it's the excuse me, the kind of treatment basically just to ease suffering. Oh, like hospice care almost. Yeah, it's not hospice care. It's a. Uh, it's more like pain management and uh, and making. Yeah, I think you're right. Palliative. Palliative, ca palliative care. And then, you know, pretty pretty close on the on the heels of that, we found you know find out we find out he passed away, and that's kind of unfortunate. He's also one of those people who's just really good with fans, you know. Like yeah. he he would take the time, he would talk with them, he did all kinds of sketches and and would sign things, and really just just loved comics and 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 made made time for the people who also loved comics with him. Was where was he based out of? Did you ever encounter him at the convention scene? He was at uh, Baltimore last year. Okay. I, I have never had a chance to interact with him because he usually has such a huge... 
He's like Amanda Connors. He's got that. He always just always has a huge line. Right. He was at Baltimore last year. He's been at a number of conventions I have gone to. I just I never had the uh, the opportunity to interact with him, which is again is unfortunate. But mm. he's he's done a number of stories that I really enjoyed. Uh, probably chief among them is is New Frontier. The when when you were out here, the that was the uh, the DC thing we were watching. Oh, the animated thing. Yeah, it, that, was that that was that was based on on the graphic novel he wrote. Okay. Okay. Cool. So. So yeah, that's un- that's unfortunate, but definitely unfortunate. Uh, Darwin Cook, rest in peace. Let's move on. I. So as far as in the news topics, that's what I've got. Um, I do. I my, I'm gonna play a quick personal note. I got the latest issue of Heavy Metal 280, the inaugural issue with um, Grant, Grant Morrison. Morrison. Gotten about halfway through it. I, I like what he's got. And he had a little very strange um, letter to the fans that I, I'm going to have to reread to fully understand. Grant, Mor- little, Grant Morrison, very little strange. Those, yeah, those, those yeah. two do good. I'm not overly familiar with Grant Morrison's work. The only thing I've really read of his that I that is in my memory bank right now is his run on Vampirella, and that's about it. Uh, I mean, I've, I've read a number of his things. Probably the, the weirdest I've read, though, obviously, is Super Gods, is his history of comics slash autobiography mm-hmm. and there's a point where he starts talking about like spirituality and like tripping balls at the same i mean <laughs> it's it gets fucking bizarre at about the two-thirds point right okay yeah good to know well it seems like a perfect fit for heavy metal then yeah no <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, did, I, I've, I've been saying that all along, but I'm not the heavy metal fan that you are either. So yeah, what I did notice was different, and I don't know when they did this because I haven't really been a, fan, a purchaser of the magazine for a little while. I, I, had, I collected it almost religiously for a couple of years and then stopped. Was it's now the world's greatest illustrated magazine is on the top of the. the I used to I used to remember it saying the world's greatest adult illustrated magazine. Hmm. Um, I they, I don't know if they've dropped the adult or not, but I'll have to double the check. So that's about it. Uh, what about you, Andrew? You got what's what's going on? Anything interesting you want to just kind of bring to our attention? Yeah, uh, nothing. Nothing that's coming up off the top of my head. I guess I've been I've been what, what did crazy busy with work, so it's just yeah. I worked. You guys both in, in the last in the last do... two weeks. I've worked 150 hours. Nice. Yeah. What? Well, um, I mean, there's that. You guys both did free comic book day. Free comic book day, though, right? No, 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 I didn't. Oh, no, no, yeah, we, we did have a fun conversation about that. I did. I did that after working a fourteen-hour shift. <laughs> I just forgot. I don't. Even, I just forget. I, I had over. I was working overtime that day too, and I just went home and played Medieval Two: Total War. Like I just completely forgot it happened. Yeah. Um. I haven't had a chance to read the books that I picked up, which is unfortunate. Did you pick up Grant Morrison's? Um, what was the name of that one? He did one of the free comic book day books. I picked that one up from Rick over at uh, Heroes and Villains. Rich. I'm rich. I always do that. <laughs> not to his face, though, so that's helpful. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, this is probably not like, this is probably not the, the best free comic book day I've ever seen. Um, I mean, I had fun. I was just between being exhausted and, and whatnot. Also, I was a little surprised one of one of the stores I normally go to uh, and they normally have, you know, pretty sizable sale. Decided not to have any sales, and I was a little, mm. little surprised. I'll, I'll, we'll leave mm. at that. 
Well, my the closest one to where I'm staying, um, and I've been in there before. They only had, I think, like five titles, and they let everyone pick two. So that was the first one I went to, and I thought, oh man, I, I mean, this is kind of a sad selection. So that's that was Atomic Comics, and then I went over to Heroes and Villains, and they had probably thirty different titles. So and they let you pick three, so that was helpful. Um, so those were the two that I did. I picked up the Serenity one. I picked up um, Spectrum. Conman's uh, Spectrum. Thank you. Uh, the Spectrum one. I picked up Civil War two, and one called Valiant one sixteen. I think was called. Um. Anyway, all of them are in an Instagram photo that I I sent that week. So if you really want to know what titles I picked up, that's that's them. Cool. Um, so that it was pretty good. And while I was in the comic book shop, I actually pre-ordered the new Sheriff of Babylon trade. So they are breaking one of the big questions, Andrew. I think we've talked about on the podcast before was, are they going to split the twelve issue run of Babylon or Sheriff of Babylon into one trade? Um. Or are they going to split it into two trades of six issues? And they are splitting it. So the yeah. first one's called Bang, Bang, Bang. Yeah. Be, being and it's image, coming out July 13th. Being Image, I'm not really surprised. They tend to do five the five, to five to six vertigo. issues. I'm sorry, Vertigo. Oh, never mind. Anyway, they, still, they tend to do five to six issues. Uh, I, I'm it sure, made sense. I mean, and I'm, I'm actually glad. And, I, and I'm sure there's going to be some kind of deluxe hardcover with all 12 issues. And I'll just wait for that. Oh, so that being I'll probably said, have all of them. <laughs> that being said, I did um, mostly board gaming this past week. Um, got to play the new Planeswalker board game. Didn't care that much for it. And the game is not selling well. It's uh, Magic the Gathering Planeswalker, where you take these characters who are Planeswalker and you you fight each other with them. And the whole idea of that game was it was supposed to be done very quickly. So it's done in 30 turns. Right. And it feels like it wants to be a war game, like a skirmish level war game, but with all the elements of magic in it. And it didn't really quite, it didn't live up to it. I also picked up, we also finally got a chance to play this game called Fading Glory, which is a Napoleonics game, and it was uh, produced by GMT, originally Victory Point Games, as part of what's called the Napoleonics 20 series. And the 20 series is basically the idea is you could play a battle from the Napoleonic War with just 20 counters, little cardboard squares on yeah. a hex field. And it was just 20 counters total. And Fading Glory was GMT repackaging them and publishing them for battles in one box. Waterloo, Borodino, uh, Smolensk, and Salmaleka. And we got a chance to finally play that, and I, I like it. It's nice. It's a large scale, so the little counters aren't like a regiment. It's a core. Wow, okay. So each counter is nice. a core, so that's cool. We got to play uh, this game called Ars Victor, which is kind of like the Command and Color series we've mentioned on previous podcasts, but with, with some restrictions lifted, and it's kind of got a silly sci-fi feel to it. It was a Kickstarter game. Really not bad. Uh, Baruch and I played it, and he had said in the preset missions, the blue team usually loses. So I was very happy that I kicked his butt as the blue team this time around. Nice. And lastly, a game I think I, su I would suggest. You and I, Andrew, have talked about how we're not big on chess. There's something about chess that doesn't speak to us. I don't know that it doesn't speak to me. I'm just, I don't, I have not, have never had the time to really f refine skills in it. 
I, I actually, I, I would really love to be good at chess. I just really have never had the time to be. So there's this game out there called The Duke, which is chess-like, but has a lot of different elements to it that makes it a lot of fun. It's not a set board where this it's, you you know have the opening move. It's, it has an element of randomness to it. And uh, out of five games, I beat them four, so I felt pretty good about that. I would suggest if you get a chance, pick that game up. Nice. Yeah, I don't, as I said, the with the uh, the planeswalkers, it just seems a little weird to me. You have a a game based on a game. Yeah, and it that, didn't... That, that that struck me as very bizarre. I don't think I don't think it's selling well. It's cheap, from what I understand. It's fairly cheap to get, but after playing it, and the board is boring as hell. The board itself is terrible. After playing it once, I'm not certain. We only did it one v one. I'm not certain I would go out of my way to buy that game. It's for two to five players, uh, I should note, and uh, maybe it's better when it's you know a three player free for all or a two v two or five player free for all. I don't know. I was underwhelmed the first time around. So, I, I still highly recommend if you can find Fading Glory or the Duke, and the Duke is really popular, uh, go grab that one. That's super cool. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely interested. So that, that's it for me. What do we do? I'm lost. I'm frightened. I need an adult. You always need an adult. <laughs> no, it... That well, that's true. At least, um, at least adult this week, supervision for me. Uh, oh my god! But would he listen to them if they input though? No, no. probably not. That doesn't mean um, he doesn't need it. <laughs> I was gonna say he could at least shift responsibility. Yes. Um. So good at shifting blame. So this week, shifting blame and fake apology. <laughs> shifting blame and fake apology. That, that seems to sum up our entire relationship. Anyways. Um, so this week I picked up the new Daredevil Blu-ray and promptly fell asleep in the first half hour because it's been sort of a crazy weekend. Um, I've been packing, so that's some bullshit. And then what else have I I got Andrew a great present and I can't tell anyone and it's really bothering me because I was supposed to give it to him this weekend and then I didn't see him. Sorry, Andrew. Yeah. So now I have to hold on to the secret for another whole week and it sucks. That's it. That's literally all I have. Um, yeah, so I, I, I have been working my ass off. Uh, went and got uh, picked up Deadpool today, so started watching that before the podcast. Going to finish watching it after the podcast. An excellent decision. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. All right, good. I think that's a good spot to wrap it up, guys. Yeah. Andrew, give us the outro, because you're better at it than I am. If you like what we do, make sure you head on over to ThereforeGeek.com. Check out our blog posts and our, and our podcasts. You can find us on Facebook, on Instagram, and on Twitter. And if you like this podcast and other podcasts like it, you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. And now YouTube. <laughs> uh, We're going to be famous. YouTube, we are currently, uh, just right now, is just the, the, the most recent episode. And then obviously, uh, I guess the one previous, the Captain America we will slowly be backfilling in all of our old episodes, though, as we go. Oh, I gotta love that backfilling. Oh, my. <laughs> so, once again, I'm Andrew. This, this is... <laughs> and I'm Tracy. 
I want Tracy Dude. to finish her thought. I want to hear what she has to say. She was like, this is what? Oh, I was going like, to say, this is, this is the podcast with the... This is the podcast with the most sexual innuendos since we started this thing. Oh, challenge accepted. <laughs> oh, there, there it goes. Oh, God. I'm dude, and you guys be well.